Welcome Sunday morning to you from me and Robin. We're excited to talk to you. And I'm going to be real quick because before we came on, she said I talk a lot and I ramble on and on and on. So, so. out of context. Oh, okay. No, we're so glad to see you today. We've got a lot of great things to share with you about where we are heading as a church. I'm excited to come home. Are you? Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. This is fun and it's been exciting and interesting. Never had to do this before, but she and I both are very excited to share with you what God has put on our hearts as leaders of the house with the team that serves here, the elders that oversee the house here. We've been praying and coming into agreement about what to do, so soon we will share that with you. And then on Monday, our website and uh, our social media accounts and things will have a full detailed comeback home plan and we are excited. Here's one thing I'm excited about. We have a great surprise for everybody when you come home. It's kind of like a welcome home gift and almost all of the prizes came in today. So I'm very excited about I'm that. Oh, see, yay. So it's gonna be good and I know you're gonna be blessed, but it's our way of saying welcome home and we are coming back home soon. I'm excited to get back out and about and hook up with everybody again for lunches and things of that nature. We've already been kind of going on some dates again and hanging out with friends again and small gatherings. So it feels like a little bit back to normal. And so I'm excited to share with you again where we're headed. Well, tonight uh, we're in John 21, actually Sunday for you, but we film on Thursday. So tonight, John 21, and we're gonna take this all week long in our Bible reading and be reading it over and over. They'll put a link down here for our Bible reading project. So John 21 all week, Monday through Friday, read it. Really ask God to speak. But where we're going as a church body here in the next few weeks, it really comes out of John chapter 21. I woke up this morning and told Robin, I said, you know, we're filming tonight and I just don't have anything settled in my heart about where we need to go. And on my ride in, as I always do, I make some phone calls. I pray on the way in. And I just felt John 21 rose up in my heart. So I called Robin and said, hey, read through it. And let's see what God gives us because this is what God has been putting on my heart. Let's just jump right in. It's just 20 plus some verses. John 21, New Living Translation. Get your Bible out. Let's go through it together and read it together. And then I want to just pull out what God has put on my heart as a uh, shepherd of this house and how we can come in this time and really be the body that God has called us to be. Here we go. Let's begin reading verse 1, John 21. Later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. This is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there. Simon Peter, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. We'll come too, they all said. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, Fellows, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, Throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat and you'll get some. So they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard that, it was the Lord. He put on his tunic, for he had stripped off for work, jumped into the water, and headed to shore. The others stayed with the boat and pulled the loaded net to shore, for they were only about a hundred yards from shore. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. 
Bring some of the fish you've just caught, Jesus said. So Simon Peter went aboard and dragged the net to the shore. There were 153 large fish, and yet the net hadn't torn. Now come and have some breakfast, Jesus said. None of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Then Jesus served them bread and fish. This was the third time Jesus had appeared to his disciples since he had been raised from the dead. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. I tell you the truth, when you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you were old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to him to know what kind of death he would glorify God. And Jesus told him, follow me. Peter turned around and saw behind them the disciple Jesus loved, the one who had leaned over Jesus during supper and asked, Lord, who will betray you? Peter asked Jesus, what about him, Lord? Jesus replied, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what's that to you? As for you, follow me. So the rumor spread among the community of believers that this disciple wouldn't die. But that isn't what Jesus said at all. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? This disciple is the one who testifies to these events and has recorded them here. And we know that this account of these things is accurate. Jesus also did many other things. If they were all written down, I suppose the whole world could not contain the books that would be written. Man, that's a powerful thought. So much that Jesus did, we couldn't even get it all in the books of the world. Here's something I want you to think about. This whole crisis time we've been going through, whether you label it a pandemic or a virus or, uh, you know, even some people say it's just nothing more than a fake this or that or it's a real pandemic and a crisis moment. Here's what I know and I've landed on and I want to, again, kind of reiterate it because it's important to me. Uh, a crisis will reveal your weakest link. I've said that about every week we've gathered together because it's so true. When a crisis hits us, our weakest link of ourselves is exposed and we will revert back to habits and old ways and things. But on the opposite side of that coin, this is also true. In the middle of a crisis, the wisdom of God is revealed. So not only does a crisis reveal your weakness, uh, habits, addictions, uh, ways that we deal with life, a crisis also reveals the wisdom of God. And through this whole thing, those are the two things that I personally have been dwelling on is first me. God, in this crisis, what are the weak areas of my life? I've been praying that for our church as well. God, are, are there weak areas in our church? Areas to where we've allowed cracks in or we've taken for granted things that you've given us uh, you know, and, and I even know that's true for me, that how easy it is to take for granted 
the things that we've been given by God in this country, the way that we can worship freely, and then all of a sudden it's kind of all taken away. And so that's what I've been doing over these last several weeks is looking internally at my character, at me, and asking the hard questions kind of like Jesus did to Peter. He said, hey, do you really love me? And that's something I've really been focusing on for myself personally and then looking at the church as well. What is, what is our weakest link? And one of the things I feel like we've always kind of played around and talked about but really have never just nailed it home is that word community. Uh, I believe in it so much and yet, you know, we can be so busy about life and I know for us especially, uh, you know, every time we launch groups, we have a discussion of, well, we have cheerleading, we have dance, we have gymnastics. <laughs> I mean, we have school, we have, you know, when you're raising kids, you just have a litany of excuses of, well, why communi community with other people could take a back seat and, and really not be in the forefront of what we need to be doing. So it is kind of easy on a Sunday to stand up and go love power community. And then community kind of takes a back seat because we're so busy. So in the crisis that we've been going through in this time, it's really made me focus on community and the power of what community really is, uh, the supernatural part of community, not just missing friends and, and worshiping together, but the supernatural side of it. And as I've been going through, you know, just in my own personal walk with God, the thing that stuck out the most to me are these disciples that in the middle of a resurrection, they just keep doubting. I mean, we talk about that almost every week. They keep doubting, uh, you know, is it real? Is it not real? I'm trying to believe it. And you would think that what would have happened, and this is what I, where I really want to land today, you would have thought what would have happened on day one of resurrection. They would immediately went in the streets and started going, he's alive. You know, let's take over the world now. And yet you have this weird time frame between the resurrection of Jesus and the day of Pentecost when 3,000 and then 5,000 people start coming into this newly found Christian life that will become the church. And, you know, that 40 days of, well, what's going on? Like, if He resurrects from the dead today, why aren't Monday we out in the streets seeing thousands and thousands and thousands saved? And I go back to what I've always believed. The crisis of Jesus' death caused the weaknesses of all the disciples and followers to be exposed. Their doubts were exposed, their trepidations, their fears, their anxieties, their, their agendas. Everything they wanted out of Jesus was exposed when He died. So when Jesus came back to life, what does He have to do? He has to go into their heart and begin to deal with them in a very personal way. So this 40 days between resurrection and out in the streets preaching the life of Jesus and becoming the community of, of the disciples called the church that we call the church today, there's this period of time where Jesus, I believe, is just confronting them with their weaknesses because it's very hard to be bold in church when there are things that God wants to deal with you personally. And that's kind of where we've landed up until today. And now today, I want to land on this thought, and it comes, uh, it's verse 12. And long before they go out and do these miracles on the day of Pentecost, and, you know, they're raising up a, a guy that's been crippled at the gate, and their demons are coming out of people. Verse 12 says this, Jesus says, Hey, fellas, come here and have breakfast with me. 
I mean, that has just resonated on my heart. Like, if you're the resurrected son of God, wouldn't you say, hey, fellas, why don't you go preach about this? And he doesn't do that. He says, hey, no, come here a minute. Come here, all of you, come here and sit around this fire and, and let's just have breakfast together. And, and that, to me, is such a powerful testimony of community because inside of community, Jesus is going to begin to deal with the hearts of his followers inside this thing called community of let's have breakfast together. Look at all the nuances of this thing. Hey, let's have breakfast together. Okay, first off, I've got to get my boat to shore. Another guy jumps boat, starts swimming to shore. Jesus already has fish. I mean, the, you know, the boat's starting to be swamped. And all these guys come together and he goes, hey, let's just have breakfast. And I think that's really what I've landed on in, in my heart about our church moving forward is that we really need to get back to just doing community together in a small way. Uh, you know, not a big gathering yet, but coming together in community, getting in each other's homes. I know we've already been getting together with some couples in the church, inviting people over, getting together and starting to build community. And that's what Jesus did. Hey, just come on, let's have breakfast. Let's start small. Why? Because in a several weeks, you guys are going to be changing the world. And so this is a great opportunity for us to begin to build community. So let me share with you the plan of what God has put on our heart. And then Robin and I just want to talk to you of our heart about community. Through praying about what to do, we've landed on that the way to come back publicly is to come back from small to large. So we're going to be opening up our B groups back uh, May 25th week. Our groups will open. We've asked all the leaders to contact you and we've made them live on our website getting those out there for you to begin to develop community, kind of a, hey, why don't you come have breakfast with me kind of thing before we gather, because I know they don't even release the seniors until June the 14th. So we don't want to leave anybody behind and jump the gun, but at the same time, community is a very important part of who we are, that relationship, building relationship together. So May the 25th, our plan of action is to begin to open up our groups and start doing community together. And then just asking this of you, if you would just be bold and maybe call some people and say, hey, why don't you come over? Let's do breakfast together. Let's watch the sermon together. Let's watch the message together. And let's just begin to build community because community is so powerful for these things. Number one, for exposing your heart, for getting the strengths and the weaknesses of our lives to come into contact with what God wants to do in us. So May 25th, uh, all of the groups begin to launch and we ask that you would maybe call some friends over, have a watch party, watch the online, and then our gathering day, here's what I'm excited about, our gathering day coming back on Sunday is July the 5th. And you may say, whew, that's a long time. Well, it may feel like a long time, but we're going to kind of focus on verse 12. Until we come back, you know, come on, let's all gather together. We want you to just have breakfasts together, lunches together, dinners together, hang out together, make bonfires together, and begin to build a small community back, fellowship with each other, build relationships with each other, because it's out of that community that we can begin to come back. So July the 5th is Independence Day weekend. Man, we prayed over it. Our team has prayed over it. The elders have prayed over it. And we're going to be back full throttle then. So we're excited about that. But until July the 5th, 
Uh, I want to be bold about building community. And I know when people talk community, there are all kind of uh, people get trepidatious, anxious. I don't have time. Uh, I really would like to, but. And so, uh, you know, in, in all of your dealings with people in community, what are some things that you've seen that, you know, you could help people to get involved with community, being a, being a part of doing that? Yeah, well, you know, um, Mark and I both have done groups on and off as pastors of Believer's Church. There are seasons that we do them. There are seasons that we release other people to do them, and we just kind of rotate from group to group and house to house. But um, one of the things that I always hear, some of the pushback that I hear, um, is that people are just a little trepidatious sometimes to be vulnerable with others. And I love the fact that Jesus and the kingdom is always intertwined throughout the entire throughout the entire Bible, really. And if we look at the life of Jesus, we see that even before his death, this principle of community was important as he began to build relationships. He had inner circles that he did things with. He had disciples who he did stuff with. And then he had the mass crowds who he did stuff with. Um, Paul goes on to write in the book of Corinthians, just the importance of the body, the importance of the different parts that the body plays and how they fulfill one another. So I, I think that, that even though we may be fearful of a few things and trepidatious of a few things, I just don't think we can escape the plan of God for us to have community. And so one of the first things that I always get back is just the fear of being vulnerable with others, yeah, um, sure. which is what relationship does. It puts you in a situation where someone sees you and for a lot of us, that's just sometimes not a comfortable place to be. Um, and it, it really doesn't matter if you're an introvert or an extrovert. Sometimes you just don't like those inner places to be seen. And it's really hard to have good, effective community um, when we want to hide those things. And so um, I just want to encourage us to be a safe place for people a safe place for people to talk, a safe place for people to commune. Some of the most beneficial relationships I have are are those that I have learned to let my mask down. I've learned to let the, the walls that would want to cage in my heart for various reasons. I think we all have reasons that we don't like to be vulnerable sure. with, with others. Sometimes we've been hurt by others. Sometimes our... Um, our home life maybe wasn't the safest place to be to be real or to be authentic. Sometimes we got in trouble when we shared the deepest things of our heart. Um, maybe it wasn't pleasing to the person who heard it. Um, but I know that our heart at Believer's Church and the thing that, that I love about our people is we have such loving people. Oh, yeah. we, we have people who really are interested in only your benefit. And I think that if we'll be willing to take a minute and just to step back and say, it's, it's okay for people to see me. You know, one of the things that Mark and I have learned to be is um, transparent. And we get that a lot. A lot of people say that we're incredibly transparent. That didn't come just naturally to either of us, um, particularly to me. I was an only child, um, very much a perfectionist. And so it, it, it wasn't really easy for me to learn to be transparent. But I tell you, there, the, the benefit of letting people into those places in, in my life has far outweighed me trying to do life alone in my own corner with my own power without the strength of other people. Um, and I think that our people have caught on to that. So as you're thinking about groups and you're thinking about the lack of wanting to be vulnerable, I want to challenge you just to um, trust the people that God has you in a, in a body with and to know that we are all pressing towards a mark together and that that 
as we serve one another in community, that that is the heartbeat, that there's nothing to be scared of, there's nothing to want to hide. Um, besides vulnerability, I think sometimes selfishness can play sure. in to our ability to participate in a group. Um, we are very much an individualistic society. Um, we are very much uh, me-centered society and it's very hard to kind of begin to paddle a boat that's different than that and being in a group takes that and you know for me I love my family time I value and cherish it uh, God's even spoken a lot to me even during this um, pandemic this lockdown of, of just the things that are important to me and family is right up there at the top of the list but I think that that there's a very fine line between focusing on our family, focusing on our needs, being a good mom and dad, being a good husband and wife versus being selfish with who we are and um, what, what we have or um, just the peace that we have or the camaraderie that we have as a family. Um, and it's very important for us to understand that life just isn't about us, us four and no more mm -hmm. kind of thing. And so I think you do have to, you have to be willing to say, hey, I can open up not only this part of my life and vulnerability, but I can open up my home and maybe it's a sacrifice. Uh, maybe it is, you know, maybe my kid can only cheer three nights a week instead of every night of the week, you know, or, or whatever it might be that, that I would learn that it's not my hobbies. It's not the things that I want to fill my time and my space with that build me up or that are only for me, but I am an extension of the body of Christ. And in that I have to lay me down. Mm -hmm. The Bible talks about that a lot. Um, so I think vulnerability, I think selfishness can be a thing that kind of causes us to pull back from groups. Um, and one of the third things that I think, I think that we can um, maybe not want to be submitted to other people in groups. I, I've heard that a lot, you know, well, I don't trust a certain group leader or I don't trust, uh, you know, I just don't trust the process of, of submitting my life to someone else. And, you know, I, I think I think of myself as being pretty smart. Maybe you have thought that of yourself as well. Um, sometimes I, I can do it. I feel like I can do it better all by myself. In other words, without mm -hmm. having somebody else in, in my ears. Um, but that's very unhealthy. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12 that other people can strengthen me and other people can see things that I miss. Other people can um, speak into my life. I have to be willing to trust them to do that. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes that's not easy, but the Bible talks about a submission one to another. Um, that means I, being willing to submit the parts of my life that maybe I don't want anybody to see so that other people can call me out on um, being a healthier Christian. Uh, they can call me out on areas that may be dark in my life. You know, they can call me out on sin. Sometimes sin makes us want to hide. It makes me not want to submit my life to other people. And other voices are incredibly beneficial yeah, I think when in you, my life. When you look at the chapter 21 that we read, um, the nuances of community is incredible inside that chapter because the nature of a human is, you know what, I'm not going to do the kingdom. I'm going to do me. I got to work. I've got school. I've got children. I've got a life. I've got hobbies, um, and so that humanness of all of us is always going to downplay the necessity of community. I know just for our Sunday gatherings, you know, after uh, several weeks, I started getting phone calls. From, Man, we miss it. I miss gathering. I miss it. It's amazing when you when you've lost something, how it makes you realize, well, maybe I was really apathetic before. 
Like I didn't know I missed gathering that much until it was taken from me. And now I realize maybe I was apathetic toward the power of it. And I think that's this chapter is so profound about community because Peter says, you know what, I'm going to go back fishing. Forget community and disciples. I, man, I, I, got a, I got a job. I got a wife. I've got a family to take care of. I'm going back fishing. And I love the fact that Jesus shows up in the middle of that and says, come here, fellas. Uh, I'm going to really let you in on a secret to what life is all about. Let's have some breakfast. And in that breakfast moment, if you go to Acts chapter 1, you will find that Jesus was teaching them about the kingdom. Over and over and over, He would break into their humanness to say, Fellas, ladies, I, I want to teach you about the kingdom of God because our human nature is to put the kingdom of God on a back shelf. Our human nature is to become apathetic about the kingdom. I, I, I'm kind of what you said. I, you know, I'm selfish about me. I've, I've got to go run. I've got to go to the gym. I've, I'm going to go golf. I'm going to go do my hobbies. I'm going to go shop. I'm going to whatever that may be. And Jesus just stops them in their tracks and says, come here, I've got something I want to say to you. And in that moment, something profound begins to happen because Jesus begins to touch that vulnerable spot in Peter. And he says, hey, hey Peter, I need to know, do you love me? Because kingdom community will touch your weaknesses, your vulnerability, and it will bring you back to a place that you cannot be apathetic about the kingdom. And that's what we want to challenge you with. I don't know where you've landed. Maybe you were in a group before. Maybe you've never been a part of one here. Maybe you've been a part of one. You're like, eh, never again. I didn't like that at all. I, you know, I don't know all the nuances there. But just in this moment, I just want to shake you awake to not be apathetic toward community, to not be apathetic about it. Because if, if like you said, if somebody doesn't grab us and go, wake up, it's easy to just be rocked to sleep with our own agendas, our, what I've got to do on my calendar. And I'll just say this from my heart, man, as honest as I can be, we're not living in a season where we can be apathetic anymore. Uh, Robin and I have even been having those talks about you know, our daughter Stella's entering the ninth grade, you know, and it's kind of there's this weird moment in our home where our girls are growing up and moving off, and yet at the same time, one in high school. And I've even repented and said, God, man, forgive me if I've been apathetic about community, if I've made excuses, if I've, I'm too busy to do it. I, I've just got other things on my plate. And, and that's what I've been praying for you as well, that you would be honest with yourself, that it, catch this. And if you got something to interject, let it roll. But just think this for a moment. Can you imagine that I love Jesus with my whole heart. That's Peter. Because he says, Jesus, you know I love you. Of course I love you. Absolutely I love you. And I love what Jesus said. Look, I'm glad you love me, but you're out there fishing and you love me, but I need you to love me and I need you to go and get people. I need you to have a kingdom focus, Peter. You're still stuck on fishing. You love me, but you've lost a kingdom focus. And that's what I want to ask you today. I want to ask you, not do you love Jesus? I imagine if you're tuning in to take the time to watch Robin and I and worship with us, you probably love Jesus. But I want to ask you, kind of like Jesus asked Peter, so if you love Jesus, 
Are you willing to get in community? Are you willing to feed God's people? Are you willing to let God use your gifts and use your anointing and use your hunger and use your passion to help other people grow up? If not, we're just a bunch of people who love the Lord but rarely even make a difference. So I want to encourage you again, get in community. We're going to do our best to make it as easy for you as possible. We're going to be uh, putting on a website and all our text in church, sending emails out through our planning center just to help you plug into the place you need to plug in. But I would like to offer this challenge. Maybe you are a little trepidatious, like, well, I can't find a group that meets on a night I can meet. Okay, great. Would you be the person that would make a phone call to some friends and say, hey, why don't you come over and let's do breakfast? Or why don't you come over and let's do dinner? Or why don't you come over and let's just grill out and sit by the fire a little bit? Because in those moments of gathering together in community, man, Jesus can begin to do some great things when other believers get in the mix with us together. So John 21, all week, this is what I want you to pray as we get ready to relaunch back to what God has called us to do. God, have I been apathetic toward community? And then I want to just say this to you. You may say, you know what? I love, I love God. I'm home. My wife and I read the Bible every day. We're doing good. Do you know if you go from Genesis to Revelation, God has always wanted you in community with people and not just husbands and wives because that's kind of weird because we're already one. So I don't even think that qualifies as community. You need other people in your life, other believers in your life, and I want to challenge you to take that upon you to say, you know what? I need community. And then I want to throw this to you. Maybe God's been speaking to you already and you need to be leading a B group. You need to say, you know, I want God to use me. I raise my hand and say, God, if you can use anything, use me. Well, I'd like you to reach out to us. We'll put a link down there where you can email us or reach out to us on the phone call and just let us know that you're interested in helping us build community and hey, we'll do our best for you. So dive into John 21 this week. Dive into it and just ask the Lord to reveal to you the things He wants to reveal to you about getting plugged in with God's people. Amen? That, that Man, that is a powerful word. Anything on your heart that you feel? Um, I, I was just going to say, don't box yourself into what you think community needs to look like or who you need to be in community with. One of the... Um, best surprises in my life was Mark and I were pastoring New Covenant Church in Statesboro and um, we were kind of just getting to know the people there. Um, we were pastoring in Sylvania and Statesboro at New Covenant and um, just a lady just reached out to me and began to do community with me. Um, I, I had known her as just a really just a, a, an attender at our church who I would see on Sunday morning and say hi to and Kay Meeks and Waldo Meeks have become some Incredible. of our most cherished friends. She she did the the Jesus move on me and just said, "Would you come have breakfast with me one morning?" And um, she did not fall into the category of what I would have picked. You know how when you're looking at groups, you're looking at people who are maybe in your same demographic. You're looking at people who are in your same age bracket. People you have common things and interests with. And um, Kay and I did not in the natural fit any of, of that mold. Um, and yet to this day, some 12 years later, she is just a cherished dear yeah. friend of mine, poured into my life. Um, 
just time upon time upon time um, and a friendship was developed. So, so I just want to encourage you to be open-minded. You don't know what God has as you begin to walk out other relationships. Um, you don't know, you know, you just have no idea what it's for. She's just left an imprint in my life. And so it's something that I, I long to mimic and long to do for others, uh, you know. So take that step and be surprised. Allow yourself to be surprised, I think is what I'm saying. Just pray and hear the voice of God and uh you know, it doesn't have to be mapped out just like you think it's going to be mapped out. Yeah, yeah, we've muddied it up. I mean, you know, once the church organizes itself, we can get so detailed and so muddy that we almost make community impossible. And that's why this chapter is so meaningful to me as I've been praying, okay, Jesus, tell me what to do. Should we go back in June, July, August? And the weird thing about it is I've got pastor friends all over the spectrum. Some have already come back. Some are like, no, I'm not going back till probably August or September. And, you know, I've just been going, God, what do you want to do here at Believers? Talk to us. And I land on this scripture that says, hey, fellas, come have breakfast with me. So that's what we want you to do. We're not making it hard for you. We're not asking you, you better get in a group or else. We're asking you to be passionate and non-apathetic about community. That may be for you. I'm not a real big breakfast guy. I'm a lunch guy, a dinner guy, but it just may be a phone call to a couple of friends and say, hey, come on over, make that phone call. Don't talk yourself out of it. Be very bold to take a step to start building community in an easy way, just developing friendships together. Again, I want you to begin to talk and invite friends July the 5th. We come back full throttle. Kids ministry, everything just like, uh, you know, at least to the most normal that we can be to build community back together. And it, it kind of excited me that on Independence Day weekend, man, we're just, we're just going to have a morning of the freedom of God, singing about freedom, getting in, in community together, loving on each other again. And I cannot wait to see you. My heart's already thinking, oh, six more weeks. But here's where we're going to go in the next several weeks. Robin and I want to come every weekend and talk to you about the kingdom because before we can really do what God's called us to do as individuals, we have to have a revelation of kingdom. Peter had a revelation of fishing. Matthew had a revelation of tax collecting. They all had what they were good at in the natural, but Jesus had to spend 40 days talking to them about the kingdom of God. So every weekend, we're just going to come and share with you some kingdom things, some kingdom nuggets of Jesus saying the kingdom is near, it's near. Uh, pray thy kingdom come because when you get a revelation of the kingdom of God, man, your home is affected, your personal life is affected. The church gathering as a body, it's all affected. Hey, and I look forward to sharing all that with you. We love you. I'm looking forward to seeing you soon. I've already been getting together with some of you. So if you have my number, text me. I'd love to see you at a lunchtime or maybe get together for a dinner between now and July. Give us a phone call. Let's be bold together. We love you. We're keeping you covered in our prayers. We're putting our faith with your faith as we always do. Let's get ready for communion now. So why don't you grab the elements up and then let's partake of the Lord's Supper together and believe that in this moment of time, God is going to speak to you. It's what I said at the very beginning. A crisis does two things. It reveals your weakness, but it also reveals the wisdom of God. And right now, I believe the wisdom of God is touching your heart, tugging on you, 
you may have thought, well, I'd like to start a group, but I don't know if I could. I don't think I could teach the Bible. I don't, uh, I, all the excuses Robin talked about. You feel too vulnerable. Well, I just don't like a lot of people. Whatever those excuses are, as we partake of communion today, I want you to partake of it this way. Jesus, if you want to use me, I'm available. And for some of you, that may be, I want to lead a group. I want to open my home up. I want to start doing the Bible reading in my house. For others of you, it may be just, I want to give a phone call to a friend, invite them over to come watch the sermon with me every weekend. But whatever it is, I want you to be bold about it. And I want Jesus to speak to you. So let's pray now. Heavenly Father, as we gather together to get ready for communion today, I pray right now, Jesus, you would give us not just a revelation of our weaknesses, but you would give us a revelation of your heart for your kingdom. God, that we would not be apathetic about your kingdom. So into ourselves and our hobbies and our works and our jobs and our retirement and the money and all the things that just hit us between the eyes. But Lord, right now, I pray you begin to speak to hearts. God, I pray that heart that's racing, could God use me? Could I open my home? Lord, I, I thank you that as we just in this holy moment, I ask you to begin to speak to your children. I ask you to speak to wives and husbands, God, to begin to open their heart to be bold with community. And I pray, God, in this time between now and when we come back in July, that you would build and strengthen our body like never before just off that one thing. Hey, come and have breakfast and let's talk about the kingdom. Father, I bless these elements. I bless the communion now. All of us that are about to partake now, I thank you when we partake that life will come, healing will come, joy will come, and peace will come. We give you thanks for your blood, thanks for your body, and thanks for the grace that you offer us for salvation. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us on the Believer's Church podcast. If you would like more information about Believer's Church, you can visit mybelieverschurch.com. If there's anything that you need prayer for, please email us at amen at mybelieverschurch.com. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you next week for a brand new message. 